there, and welcome to Customers Also Watched, where each week I will be diving deeper into the depths of Amazon Prime B-movies. I'm Erica, and each week I watch a movie from the Customers Always Watch list of the previous episode's film. Now, since this is the first episode, obviously I can't pick from a list of previous films, so I'm actually starting with one from my personal watch list. Um, after that, though, there are going to be a few rules for me picking. The first of, of which is going to be that it has to be available to watch for free through Amazon Prime. It also has to be a movie I haven't seen before, or it's been so long since I've seen it that I don't remember it. And then when I'm choosing, I can only choose a movie based on the description, the year, um, who's in it, maybe the uh, movie's poster image, uh, no reading reviews or outside info before choosing, so just straight off of the list. So I'd like to introduce my two guests for this week, uh, Jenny and Caroline, both of whom I know from work. And when I mention the uh, podcast and today's movie in particular to both of them, they both seem really excited about it. So we thought it would be pretty fitting to have them here today and also for the first episode. So welcome, Jenny. Thank you. Happy to be here. Caroline. Hi. So like I said, um, I chose one from my personal watch list. This uh, episode is going to be about 1983's Curtains. Behind every curtain, someone is waiting. Someone is watching. Someone is hiding. What waits behind the curtains is exciting, frightening, sensual, terrifying, and bizarre. Curtains reveal what you expect and what you don't. Curtains, there it is. So if you want to watch this film before hearing our discussion, um, or even if you watch it afterwards uh, and are looking for a drinking game with it, take a drink whenever you see the boom mic, <laughs> because it happens Whoa. a lot. You're going to be... Um, <laughs> You, you're going to need to seek medical treatment <laughs> if you play this game. Because it happens 18 times that I count. Yeah, Caroline's on boom count. Yeah, you might be getting a wee bit drunk watching this one with those rules. So Maybe alternate a shot and a sip of water. Yeah, always, you know, that's, that's just a good rule of life. What? You know? <laughs> so there's a little bit of... Uh, interesting background about the director of this. So apparently the director made this film to be more of a suspense thriller um, with some horror elements. And then they brought in someone else months afterwards to shoot the very end of it, which is actually my favorite part of the film. There's a few people in this that are recognizable. John Vernon, Maury Chaikin, and Samantha Egger. Uh, and then there's a couple other people in it who if you, you might recognize from movies like Black Christmas and Strange Brew. That's uh, Lynn Griffin. And then Leslie, or Lesle, L-E-S-L-E-H. Leslie. 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 
uh, Leslie Donaldson uh, from Happy Birthday to Me and Funeral Home. So the plot of Curtains is six, basically six actresses are auditioning for a movie role at a remote mansion and are being targeted by a mysterious masked murderer. Scariest <clears throat> hag mask ever. <laughs> ever. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty brutal, and you can actually see it on the the movie poster and the cover of mm. it. Like it's, but it's split open like curtains, and you guys yes. both have. Can some we talk about, about this that. cover yes. for just one minute, yes. please? I mean, very, very vaginal. Yes, that's immediately what I saw as well. Was just a giant labia. Yeah, this doll was exiting from. <laughs> yeah, the doll was like. So why is that on the cover? Because to me, I still I don't know if we're gonna get to this, but this doll made no sense to me in its role. Yeah, I. <laughs> we can talk about that now because it it had no place in this film whatsoever. I loved her. I loved her. <laughs> it might be because she has the same resting face as me. She yeah. had quite a frown on her. She did. Very sad, and. What confused me about it was, like, uh, was she helpful? Or was she trying to help the actresses? Or was she more sinister, like, in cahoots with... We were calling the killer Mr. Mr. Curtis. Was she in cahoots? Because... Or did she belong to... The the sporty um, fetish girl. You mean Amanda? What did they call her? Amanda, the fledgling actress. Aren't with, they all fledgling? No, they had a funny name no, for she her. Was the fledgling actress okay. in the uh, in the credits. The- they named her by her fetish, which was like oh yeah, like a torture, sexual fantasy assault, fantasist. fantasist. Okay. <laughs> That was her descriptor. Can you imagine that being like the descriptor of somebody on like The Bachelor? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I think it was her doll. She so casually was like, oh, there's that doll right next to yeah. my bed. Oh, there she is. After I just had this very violent graphic dream where she grabbed my arm and I got run over by a car. Grabbed yeah. is generous. Do you, it was just it was this. like she, she, she cupped forcefully it. She cupped, cupped forcefully cupped wrist. Her, her wrist. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> let's start at the beginning. So the, the opening scene is curtain wipe. Curtain wipe, of course, so gotta have it. Wipes. So many curtain wipes. Um, I would be, I would have been more upset if there weren't any. Well, honestly. yeah, you gotta have them in this. So, um, Samantha, who is the main actress in this film, is on stage giving a monologue, and then we see the director Stryker up on the balcony, basically criticizing her for her most recent reading. Hard cut to the two of them driving up to what we find out to be a mental institution where she Samantha has decided to find a way to get herself committed for the purposes of method acting so she can better get to know this character Audra for Stryker's upcoming big film project and I can't I have a really hard time calling him Stryker because I keep thinking of Brian Cox in X-Men Stryker and so for me like Throughout most of the movie, I just kept, like, every time he was on, I was like, oh, Weinstein's back. <laughs> yes. Because he gets really Weinstein. With He's a lot so of- sleazy. He He's the ultimate sleaze. So she gets herself committed, um, and this is where we see 
multiple boom mic shots in this opening part, and it's and it's hilarious uh, how many times it shows up. And then they have this sort of um, about maybe ten minutes or so of her in the institution. Stryker comes to visit her sort of less and less, and then he stops coming to see her. Um, there's a couple of really good shots in here that I liked, like the first one when she's being taken away, mm-hmm. and then it shows him in the background, just sort of backlit by... In the hallway? Yeah, yeah I liked that scene, menacing too. menacing figure. Yeah. And he doesn't look, you know, like he's concerned at all about it mm-hmm. or anything like that while she's she's being dragged away. And you can see it throughout, you know, just a few scenes that there are of her in there that she's breaking down sort of further and further mentally just from being in there, even though she's there just to supposedly learn from it. Can we talk about the tickler? The tickler is my favorite character. This is not a sex toy, FYI. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is a human being who, she loved tickling, but then Samantha loved being tickled. She was so charmed by her, I think. But then it... Like, her face went from being like, this is nice, this isn't scary or bad, to, what the hell? Please stop. Like, because it does go on longer than feels comfortable. I would say that happens with every scene in this film. (laughs) That's a good good tagline. It's a a lot more descriptive than the ultimate nightmare. (laughs) Um, so while Samantha is still in the hospital, we see a headline that of a magazine, Stryker to do Audra at last, casting is underway. And so obviously Samantha is like, the fuck? Why is their Samantha favorite. getting variety? Why is she getting trade pubs in an asylum? So, well, we find out that she got that from her friend. So you remember the scene, and this is kind of a little bit after we are introduced right. to a few of the girls. She's in that room burning pictures of all of the actresses oh, yeah. and the fire. And, right. and then she's got a friend on the on the bed. We never see her, so let's leg friend. Like, we just see her legs lying on the bed. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about that later because I feel like there was a missed opportunity with that mystery person. Totally. So I'm we do- sorry. If any of y'all escaped from a mental asylum and came to my house and then you were burning headshots of women talking about how... You're going to like get yours. I would be like, okay, let's let's uh, call the doctor. You know, like her friend is just like, oh, don't let it get you down. Caroline, I expect you to support me when I'm gonna go on a murderous rampage. Yeah, wow, tomorrow. this well, is yeah. really unexpected. No, definitely murder first. Ask questions later. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Um, this is gonna be used in court someday. If <laughs> we strike that from the record. Yeah. So after she um, is burning those pictures in there, we cut to, I just labeled her blonde woman, but she's... Amanda. Amanda. And this scene. Oh, my God. Speaking of going on and longer on. than it needs to be, I was like, oh, this is the main character. This is Mrs. Mr. Curtains. This must be. Mr. And then that whole, yeah, of course, then he, like, kind of starts to rape her, and then she is like, I'm actually... It seemed like she was dumping him in that moment, because she was saying that she was, like, not interested, and she's going up to this place, and he's like, you're gonna get with other people, and she's like, maybe, maybe see it, remember me, bye. Yeah. And then she put makeup on for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, the bath... Anytime someone's in an all-black tile bathroom... Oh, yeah. I'm scared. Um, 
it was really menacing and, yeah. and cryptic looking. And then it was the shots of her in the bath or getting like doing her self care skin care routine and then undoing it by putting on makeup. Yeah. And then all that's interspersed with shots of a strange, creepy looking dude outside trying to break and enter her house. Yeah. And it's like they just the tension in that scene. Yeah, but it, it it's went gone. wasted so because it goes long. on too long. Because it was like she was like, "Oh, I'm gonna grab a glass of wine and my script and lay on the bed. Oh, I'm gonna get back up again. I'm gonna go back to bed. I'm gonna get up again." Yeah, I'm she gonna, could not focus. It was like she clearly has ADD. Like, yeah. I could see myself in that scene. Yeah. It's like just, just sit down and read and take drink an and Adderall. Yeah, it was just such a knowing how much was cut from this movie and that this was chosen to be left in. Right. This whole this whole movie feels like it has such a it's so against the show don't tell thing. Yeah. And especially in this one, we're like we're going to show you so much that actually doesn't tell you anything. Yeah, it really mm. does. And like after this whole long scene, that's when her, I guess, boyfriend breaks in pretend like their their whole role playing like robber rape thing and i'm like ew i don't i'm not right. i'm not okay with it, i mean we as we said we shouldn't kink shame but yeah, <laughs> yeah. i have yeah, no that. kink shame <laughs> but uh, yeah it's not my bag but um <laughs> clearly they are uh they have a very uh adventurous sex life all the women in this movie are completely aware they're probably going to have to like, yeah, I'll do whatever it takes. I know what that means. I'm I'm willing and able, you know. So she's like sitting here with her boyfriend, like, I'm gonna go to this mansion and have sex with this director. Yeah. Because it's my big break. Yeah. That's how it works. So we get the first glimpse of the doll in it, who apparently it was the blonde girls in the corner. And her after cherished doll. Her cherished doll. Um, she has this dream of herself driving in the rain. She stops because she sees what she thinks is a child in the road facing away from her. And she gets out and finds out it's her doll, which would aggressively clutches her arm. And she somehow can't, like, get out of the grasp of it. Mm-hmm. And then someone gets in the car and runs her over. But turns out it's all a dream. When she wakes up from it, though, she gets stabbed by... Mr. Curtains. <laughs> um, so she is one of the six actresses that was supposed to try out for it. So now they are down to five. So we've got all the other women um, making their way to the casting house, except for one. I think it's the ice skater who's walking. She is hitchhiking her way there okay. or showing, potentially skating when she can. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's just showing, you know, we have the fancy ballerina in the back of a limo. Right. Um, We've got the comedian and her VW bug. Getting hit on by a a child at a gas station. Right. And then the veteran older actress. She just appears. She just gets there. I don't remember how. And then the centerfold with this Tara with the staple for Nabel. Yeah. There you go. So we've got... All the five women at a dinner table, and uh, Stryker is like, oh, we're missing someone, and then dun-dun-dun, Samantha shows up, and uh, he says, um, allow me to introduce you to, and she cuts him off, and she says, don't bother, they all look alike to me. And I was like, same, Samantha, because I can't tell any of these women apart. And this scene, they try to introduce all of these women characters, but... 
I think all of us had to look on either Wikipedia or IMDb afterwards to distinguish, like, wait, who's who? Because in the end, I was like, wait, who's still alive? Oh, yeah. yeah. We kept we, having to do an inventory. Yeah, yeah, we had to keep pausing and being like, okay, who is that? Which one is that? What body? Like, dead, lifeless body face down. Yeah. And I couldn't remember anything from that dinner scene other than who said they wanted to fuck and who said that they didn't. Yeah. I was like, that girl wanted to fuck, so she's still alive. That was really the only takeaway from that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the older woman was like, anything it takes. The comedian, I think, said something about... A blowjob. Blowjob. And then the other girl... Oh, and then there is the man. The other mysterious... Matthew. Matthew. On the snowmobile. The groundskeeper? No, I thought he was... They said, this is Matthew, your... Your co-star, right? Yeah, I thought he was maybe like... That's what I thought... But then when I was, like, looking at the <coughs> cast and everything, it said Matthew was the caretaker. Huh. The okay. Care- well, he did take care of that. Well, he took care of one girl in a hot tub. He was really good at the uh, the jacuzzi. Yeah. Jacuzzi I, and snowmobile riding is pretty much all he did. Was his downfall. Was his downfall. X Games. So... Samantha, I really would have appreciated a go around the table yeah. to really uh, solidify. I think that kind of set the tone, though, for how this in, like the entire movie approaches character development is like, don't bother. They're all pretty much the same to me. Yeah. Which um, is true to like slasher mm-hmm. films, I yeah. feel like. But I feel like there's a few, I mean, there were real a few opportunities where instead of just dragging on a certain scene, they could have spent more time like helping us know who each person is. So Care about these women? Yeah, and I have not had such a hard time keeping track of who's dead and who's alive in a movie ever than in this movie, I think. I think a big part of that struggle um, is the version that's on Amazon Prime. Oh, you can't even so see it. It's so muddy. It's you know? dark. It's yeah. really dark. The audio, we turned on the, the closed captioning. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, the, there is, if you can find the Blu-ray remastered version, yeah. we've watched some clips from that. It was night and day. It's a completely different film. Like, <laughs> colors are different. Completely oh. different. It's like, whoa, that's a... Like, a, a pretty shot. Poppy red dress, and it looked like rust orange drab yeah. in the version we just saw. It's a Yeah, this is like a film. horrid transfer. Yeah. Well, that sucks. Step it up, Amazon Prime. I got a lot more of these movies to go. <laughs> I feel like they probably don't get the rights to the Blu-ray. Yeah, um, I know. Because the, the production company that put it out... It, you like, mean Curtains Productions, Inc.? Oh, no! Because <laughs> uh, I did notice that at the end of the yeah. credits. <laughs> um, the, the, this, was, uh, this Blu-ray remaster was the result of a decades-long campaign by... Curtain heads, which I consider myself a curtain head now. No, I can't. They had, so, and I did watch on YouTube a review of the Blu ray, which is where he was talking about the documentary in that interview. Mm-hmm. And that's how I found out about the whole, what happened with the director issue mm-hmm. with yeah. it. So, and it makes, it helped it make a lot more sense, like, why this felt like two different films, like, where it, it couldn't stick with one genre. Like, I honestly feel this is a whole new genre in and of itself. Like one guy's trying to make this sort of suspense thriller, but the producer wants to make a slasher film. I felt like it was soap opera horror. Yes. Yes. Cause the producer had, 
he was coming off um, hot from prom, prom night. night and basically was like, I just wanted to make that over and over and over and over and over in different settings. Yeah. Like This was supposed to be an adult slasher. Yeah, like, like a commercially successful slasher that's like gory and violent and sexy. And the director he picked was uh, a young gun who really wanted to make a beautiful Suspiria. art house. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Italian style, like, what are they called? Like a Giallo. Giallo. He was like following the playbook for that. And yeah. when they see that cut, they're like, what the hell? So really, there's there's two movies yeah. in curtains. There really And are. it's very schizophrenic in that sense. Like, mm-hmm. So after the dinner scene... We see one of the women in the hot tub. I don't know which one it is. I know it's not it's the comedian. Tara. It's Centerfold, I think. Tara. Is it Centerfold? The okay. musician slash Centerfold. I noticed okay. by her um, boobs. Yes. Good, good work. There's there. not very many boobs in this, actually. Just hers. Just hers. Yeah. Because yeah. she has had the only fake boobs, I guess. No, maybe they weren't I don't fake. Think they were fake. Yeah, actually, they weren't. From the from the quivering. Oh, from the quivering hand. hand. Oh god, it made yeah, me we'll so upset. I was just like, "What is it?" Yeah, that's yeah. that's when I was like, "This movie just went full Weinstein." <laughs> so, woman in the hot tub, and there's the older woman, the ice skater, and the comedian in a room chatting. Wait, can we just like back up for one moment? Because yeah. we see the comedian performing puppet yeah, porn. I was just going to say, yeah, she's... Ugh, you God. think alone, which is weird enough, but then that, like, Blanche Devereaux woman is in there just casually <laughs> watching her being like, this is great. With no commentary. No, co- just, yeah. But clearly in the wrong. shadows. Yeah. The yeah. zoom out to reveal <laughs> that moment was chef kiss. Yeah. Oh, God. I was like, why is she playing with puppets? Like, I... Yeah. she's just a, you know, a manic pixie, quirky gal. I guess. We, carrot top. Carrot top. Like, oh, yeah. Carrot top. Ooh. This chick. That's rough. And, like, if you're going to a, a secluded mansion with a sleazy director, you've got to pack your puppets. Pack your puppets. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, after that puppet scene, the ice skater, she walks out and she hears uh, Weinstein and Samantha arguing in the bedroom. She's listening at the door. Oh, God. Weinstein finds her, brings her in, chats with her, then takes her out, and then takes her, and she's like, she looks like she's 16. She's a baby. Well, first she naively believes that they were performing a play for her alone. Right. When they're arguing, she, he was like, oh, we're just rehearsing lines from a play. And she's like, and okay. she's like, how did you know I was behind the door? And he's like, intuition. I've, I've got a sixth sense for these things. Yeah. But the that scene is interesting, though, because it it's a... It's I mainly, a, I feel like, a commentary on what it is to be a... What it's like to be a middle-aged woman yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah, for sure. So. Because she, I mean, she even watches Weinstein take the young ice skater girl into the bedroom mm-hmm. And that's when it was just, it was full ick for me, especially after he left her bedroom and she's like in her bed crying. And yeah. I'm like, oh God, now I'm just, now I'm sad. And, it, and that was when I was like, this is straight up soap opera horror. Yeah. And I didn't even call it horror at that point yet. Cause really we had so much exposition, like clearly skipping over scenes that are happening Yeah. in order to just have an expository recap of like a soda try, I guess. Exactly. It's yeah. like last week on. Right, yeah. So then the next thing that happens is I think everyone's 
highlight. Yes. Next next day, young ice skater girl goes looking fresh. Looking fresh. Her like, outfit is on point. Yeah. I'm Straight I literally 80s wrote pink. down I'm putting that on my mood board. I literally <laughs> wrote down I need thigh high pink like warmers. <laughs> um, you can't tell that she's probably feeling early signs of a UTI because she did not at least we didn't see her get up and go to the bathroom after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, that happened the night before, so let's cross our fingers. Yeah. Um, but so she decides, it's been established earlier in the film that she gets up early every day to go skating. So she does that, and it's beautiful scenery, snowy, you know, so um, snowy forest. She goes, starts skating. Um, she brought her own boombox. She's skating around a little bit when all of a sudden her music stops. Was someone, okay, we know Mr. Curtains was watching her, but wasn't the snowmobile Matthew watching? Yes. So, yeah, when she's walking through there and someone, I think it was Matthew, gathering firewood, Mm -hmm. I had to do a double take. I rewound it like three times and I was like, is that fucking Adam Driver? Yes, we can say that. We're like, Adam Driver's first role. (laughs) And I aged really well. Yeah. He, like, seriously, it's. It looks it's like, like Adam exa- Driver. I like pause and everything. That is fucking Adam Driver. And I called Chris, my husband, and I was like, Adam Driver. And he's like, that is not Kylo Ren. And I'm like, <laughs> whatever. I'm going to say it is. So she's skating around. The music stops. The music stops. And what happens is sheer horror. She goes to her uh, boombox to be like, what happened? And the batteries fly out. Oh, oh, right. And land in the snow oh right God. next to a tiny little hand, familiar doll hand. Of which she looks confused by, and then it tra- turns into charmed by it. Like, yes. she's like, aww. I love this doll. This weird fascination. She's, like, fixated on it. And while she's fixating on the doll. Oh, so creepy. Mr. And this is this scene is great. Like, And this is where you can actually see how uneven the pond is. Because they have these close-ups of mm-hmm. Mr. Curtin skating towards her, behind her, with this huge... Sickle? Yeah. Like, ni- like, it's not a scythe. It's not a knife or yeah. a machete. It's some, some sort kind of curved, hook. Yeah. Curved, curved knife. Hook knife. Skating towards her with that creepy mask on. And it's so cool, like, because it's so bright outside and white against her, um, the killer, wearing all black and this mask and and skating towards sort of slow And at least in this version, it's like the first shot that we can see what is happening in all of it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's alarmingly bright, clear, wide open field. And that's the horror like that's what makes the scene stand out i think to so many people is it's the opposite of other slasher tropes well it's opposite of the rest of the film because the rest of the film is so fucking dark and And like creepy corner jumping out this is like if she hadn't been falling in love with the creepy doll she would have seen this person coming from very far away yeah, and, and been able to get away. Right. Oh, and the doll just gets decapitated fairly unceremoniously. We're like, oh, yeah. the doll's well, done so now. She finally turns around and sees the killer coming at her, super slow-mo screaming. Mm-hmm. And we see her trying to, like, 
skate or run away. I can't quite tell because it's in such slow motion. Mm-hmm. She's still holding on to the fucking doll. And I'm like, drop the drop doll. Drop the doll. <laughs> Throw the doll well, at the doll comes in handy. Something. Yeah. And, but it does come in handy because when the killer swings at her, it decapitates the doll. Skater falls down and she gets stabbed like once, mm-hmm. but then she manages to get away. And by hitting the killer with the doll's with the, with, body. With the doll's and body. The, yeah, and the killer's just like knocked out knocked completely. Out. Yeah. And I just here's what bummed me out about this is because because you have such this bright white scenery, it's a huge missed opportunity for and you don't need to show like a full decapitation or like anything like that. But just like a you know a quick shot of just a stab and then blood spraying against the white snow there's would have been not perfect. very much you blood wanted some in this blood movie. on white yeah. yeah there's like for a slasher it's remarkably unbloody very very well unbloody. I felt like you know this slasher movie they're like we're not going after teens this is an adult slasher film we are gonna you know we're not gonna do blood. This is a refined slasher film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they don't even show when she finally does get stabbed. Like, she runs through the forest, like, in her skates, stops mm-hmm. at a tree. Killer comes from behind her and stabs her from behind. I did like that shot. Her face looked cool on that. I yeah. liked that. That's but that like would have been great, common... like, to do, to see the blood, mm-hmm. like, yeah. spray on the snow, and then show a close-up of her face as she's dying. Like, that would have been... Right. We know she's dead. We don't need to wait until the reveal in the toilet later. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, um... I loved that scene, though. The the kills in this movie, like, replace that gratuitous, bloody gore with just uncomfortably close, tight shots of their faces. Oh, Amanda's yeah. Amanda's face, Christy's face. Well, the dancer death is the worst death I've ever seen All in a slasher. All of them it's, like, yeah. so it's close It's just, up. like, here, and it's, like, something happening down there? I what's don't know going what's on? going on. Is that her <laughs> own hand? Is, she, is this a dance move? Yeah. It very well could have been. <laughs> so the ice skating scene alone is a reason is a reason to watch. Puts curtains. this on cults, yeah, yeah. Status. I think, and I think that's why a lot of people. It's so endearing for for that many people because it is different. And you know, scenes like that. Like there, there's some other really good scenes too, especially for me towards the end, like in the prop in the prop room. Mm. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. the curtains room. The curtains room. Curtain budget. But before that, we get to. All of them in the sort of dance studio rehearsal room with all of them except for the the skater because he's told people that she left the night before, which, you know, apparently she left a note about that. So the killer has left a note making everyone think that she's left. And he really is probably like... Okay, I dodged a bullet there. Yeah, he's like, whatever, I got mine. I got what I needed. But that's another scene that is so almost comical with how it starts. It's a close shot of him, like, staring out the window. Soap opera-y. Like, melodramatic for a really long long time. time. And then it finally zooms out, and you see they're, like, all... People in the room. The actresses are just like, so where's Christy? (laughs) Yeah. But what, so what Stryker Weinstein does is he makes Samantha put on the hag mask. And I'm like, where did he get that? And so then it's like, oh, red herring. They're trying to make us think he, either him or her. They're in cahoots. You know, are in cahoots or that one of them is a killer. But I mean, 
clearly from the ice skating scene, like, the frame is clearly a woman. But what I'm thinking is, is this mask? We don't know anything about Audra. Everyone keeps talking about Audra. You're Audra. You're not Audra. I'm Audra. Is that mask? Who is she? Audra? Because maybe it's like a... They have several of them. Right. Because it could be an Audra Oh, okay. Mask? I didn't think about that. I don't know. It could be. So here's what I... My thought about the, the killer mask. It's used in this scene, like, he makes Samantha put it on and try to seduce him, which she can't do, and so he, like, tears it off her face and throws it, and she's just... just ten seconds to do it. Yeah. He's like, seduce me, seduce me, seduce me! You failed. You fail. And I'm like... I. I couldn't even do that if I didn't have a mask on, but I also <laughs> suck at flirting, so there's that. But the the mask, though, I think was like, and we talked, I mean, Jenny, you mentioned, you know, this sort of metaphor about, you know, this is what it's like for older actresses getting replaced by younger ones. You know, having an old hag mask be the killer, like, age and death and, old, you know, old yeah. age is chasing after you is... You know, that much more terrifying than just some, maybe just some man stalking you. To these women, at least. Oh, absolutely. I mean, their 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 career depends on their youth. That's so interesting. I didn't think about that. Is I mean, I don't want to give this film too much credit, right. but that is totally a way to look at it. Is like the real killer here. Yeah. Is aging. Ages oh, I, I think that they just got this mask at, like, a Halloween shop. I don't think they actually... What Halloween <laughs> shop? It's the scariest... Like, <laughs> it's the creepiest <laughs> I mask mean, I've damn, ever seen. like, if they did one thing right, it was choosing this mask. Yeah. That's for damn sure. It's haunting. Even in that moment where she's, like, you can see her eyes darting around as he's giving her... He's, like, barking all these demands. Seduce me without any words, and you're not allowed to touch me. And it just looks like it's her face. Yeah. There's something about that mask too that just gives you asthma mm-hmm. or something because no one seems to be able to breathe correctly. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that sounded great. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> so we get, uh, where are we at? The, at this point, I th- I, I'm going to skip over a little bit, but the, so we get to Blanche Devereaux's boudoir. <gasps> Beautiful. Painting her nails. Um, In just the most precarious way I could imagine. I just, no one paints their nails like that. Just like, with I your hand raised. Hand up, right? her yeah. hand, maybe unless you have a very steady hand. That, I would have been a mess. That's why she, she probably kept didn't. painting that one sliver over and over for 10 minutes. She's on yeah. like the multicolored pill pack. Right. <laughs> the adult gummy yeah, pill something. pack. Her hands are not steady enough to paint. No, nails. not at all. So. There's someone, a shadow of someone in the shower, who she doesn't initially see. She goes to look behind the curtain. There's no one there. Then she opens up the, uh, lifts the toilet lid after she spills nail polish on it. And she finds the The skater's head. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the skater, she finds her head in there, screams, runs out, grabs Stryker. Um, oh, no one is, no one everyone's like, clearly you're making this up because, yeah. but she's been the most cynical, sensible one this whole time. Yeah. So for them, every person in the room to immediately be like, oh, honey, you need to go to bed. You saw a dead person? No, no, no. No, you didn't see that. You're, you didn't, like, you this didn't see anything This person mysteriously disappeared through a blizzard where all the roads are snowed over. Right. Well, that's why when you look, I don't know, when you look back and you're like, are they trying to set up the 
Mr. Weinstein as the killer mm. by doing these things of having him be like, there's nothing there, there's nothing there. Yeah. It works in that moment, but it when does. you look back on it, you're like, why was he fucking right. saying that? Yeah. I, I don't know. I made me very mad in like a Seinfeld kind of way where you're like, you could get out of this. Yeah. You just were being normal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's another tagline for this film. <laughs> Just be normal and get out of this. (laughs) So uh, Weinstein stays with her to comfort her because she's clearly upset about this whole interaction. And he sleeps with her. He comforts her. the only way he knows how to comfort. Yeah. So we've got... Um, and then she's fine. Like, they and have then she's, sex, and she's just like... She's immediately fine. So tell me more about this part. Yeah. Who is Audra? Is she like me? Yeah. Lighting a cigarette, like... And then he doesn't say anything, and it's this very dramatic, like, close-up of him with her looking over his shoulder, and I'm just like, ugh. Soap <laughs> opera. And in the meantime, uh, the dancer is doing something in the in the, her the dance, dance room. She's are doing like that, that Sia chandelier music video. Is that the one that had the girl from the Dance The little Moms? girl from Dance Moms. She's totally doing that. She's doing space, she's um she's blazing the trail for that music video choreo. She's, she's doing some interesting dance moves and we have the worst kill of the entire movie where you don't see anything except her face. Like you see a hand over her mouth, and then her eyes go wide, and then she's dead. With all these reshoots, edits, and story changes, you'd think they would give her character a cooler death scene. Because it truly was just like, I guess she's dead? Yeah. No, they yeah. had to add more to the fantasy sequence in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, we've got uh, the comedian, Samantha Weinstein, uh, Blanche, and then... I still can't remember her. The last one who gets killed. Tara. Tara. The centerfold. Centerfold. Yes. Thank you. God, see these women. You can't. I mean, they're all one and the same, which is again another comment. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just I can't even. They're also like one dimensional. Like the ballerina is all about being a ballerina. Right. Like their one hobby defines them. Yep. Yeah. Which is true for me too. No. <laughs> Now, we have a, uh, and I don't know if you all caught it, because you would have had to rewind it a few times to catch it, but... I did not. So, someone's got a gun. Um, we don't see who yet. And that person goes in, shoots Weinstein, so we know he's not the killer now, and Blanche. And it's definitely, like, the, this is, like, Chekhov's gun. You know, like, the very first opening scene mm-hmm. is yeah. Samantha... Delivering what ends up being lines as Audra, yeah, and shoots a gun. But it's really, truly like that monologue could have been what she says to Stryker right. as her last thing. And then in the first scene, after she shoots the gun, he's like, "I don't believe this woman would have ever pulled the trigger." Yeah, and, and cut to this scene, and yeah. she's like, "Bam, bam, bam." She's like, "What now, bitch? Yeah, I'm gonna shoot this shit, but." <laughs> Yeah, and we do we do find out she does admit later that she's the one um, she's the one who shot him. But what happens is when she shoots him, both of them fall out of the window of the second story bedroom. Very powerful handgun. And then, which you know it, it is fine. But my problem is when he falls out of the second story window outside, he then falls in 
to the first story window. Like, he crashes through that way. Yes. And so I... Like boomerang. And so I rewound it a couple times. So I was like, how is this possible? And I hit pause at one point because I saw a headlight. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Rewind. Pause. The fucking snowmobile, if you pause it <gasps> mm-hmm. in there, crashed through the window. So... I read about... Because I was so confused about that, too. Yeah. They originally had a whole death scene for Matthew. Oh, involved He went out stuff. on the snowmobile okay. to look for uh, Christy the ice skater mm-hmm. when she was missing. Apparently, like, he was told by Stryker. Yeah. This chick disappeared. Go, go look for her. Yeah. I'm worried. Um, and he's, like, hunted by Mr. Curtains and killed on the snowmobile that comes crashing through the window and okay. scares Tara. Okay. Yeah, there is so much plot missing. But then they, oh my God. they okay. scrapped that whole scene and just gave him, like... Except for that one snippet. To show. I, it <laughs> so seems like they were like, oh, <laughs> we'll just use that um, really quickly to signify or it's just uh, Stryker really falling in the window. Yeah, the same. But then you don't see... So that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to show, think that that, instead of having him in the snow with her. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I see. Because I was so confused by that. Because yeah. you think they had scenes of him. Because I was convinced that he was not dead. I right. was like waiting for him All to show up. All of us were like, the, like the, we don't see the body. Yeah. And it turns out it was just that the, the version was So he's a dark. transformer. He fell onto a yes. snowmobile, which was already in motion. Yes. So, we've got those two dead. So, now we have Samantha, Centerfold, and Comedian left. Chuckles. We'll call her Chuckles. Thank you. Chuckles. We're (laughs) going to call her Chuckles. Uh, Left. Centerfold, after Snowmobile slash Weinstein crashed through the window, screams and runs away. Um, Sees him dead. Props to her because the first thing that she does is run to her car to leave. The first thing she does is put on a very cute coat and white fuzzy beret. Well, it's cold outside. So, yeah. And then runs to the the car. But at least, like, her first, like, big action. She goes to her car, but of course it won't start. Classic. Very cool. Um, She ends up in... I'm assuming it's like a prop garage. Prop or, yeah, prop basement. Yeah, prop basement or something. But perfect. This place. This whole scene, like, was probably on top of like the ice skating scene, was probably my favorite part. Totally. It's very dark. All the props are used really well. Like mm-hmm. you know, dead end signs where you know she gets stuck in a corner. When she tries to get inside and possibly drive away the prop taxi, mm-hmm. I yes. just really felt for her. She even lifted up the hood of the car. I was like, "There's not even an engine in yeah. here. Yes. What mechanical work are you about taxi. to do?" Yeah. <laughs> So that whole chase scene was was great. Like, it's her, like, you know, hiding behind curtains. There's this one scene where she's walking down this dark hallway, and there's all these mannequins hanging. And I was like, tourist trap! Yes. (laughs) Do not bring that movie up to me right now. (laughs) But we also were like, is this how you store mannequins? They're all just, like, in a noose. (laughs) Yeah, it's really not, but I, I love that scene. But we, one of the not mannequins hanging is the ballerina so centerfold screams freaks out um she ends up hiding in the vent which again good on her like she didn't make noise while she was in there yeah but apparently the killer still found out she was in there and went in 
somehow got in the vent from behind her, which was actually another cool scene, too. Like, the vent cover drops, she's crawling her way out, and then she gets dragged back in and killed. Um, but before that, she does have an interaction with Mr. Curtains. Oh, that's right. That where she, so cool. she, she hits him with... Well, she puts her coat on, on a mannequin. A mannequin. She's right. playing it smart. Yeah. 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 She and then smart. she, she swings that. in and kicks Mr. Curtain. But in classic slasher fashion, she doesn't make sure that he's... Oh yeah, fully She's incapacitated. Like, oh, he's down, and I'm gonna run away now. It's like, why take off the mask? Yeah, you know, hack that person up. No, I'm just gonna Use run away. Their scary weapon. Yeah, and so uh, after because she did that, then yeah, then you deserve to die. Like she was playing it smart up until then, but then when she you don't check to see that they're dead, then sorry, that's that's your own fault. I liked how she was definitely the most promiscuous uh, and sexually forward character who is just like at the initial dinner scene like I'm here to fuck I don't want I don't even (laughs) want this part I just want to get laid and she like goes after Matthew the random caretaker rather than like even trying to get with Jonathan uh Stryker and yeah she doesn't die first she's the one of the last ladies standing that was refreshing i like that she was the last one standing um and that she got that final very long scene that really had all of us rooting for her yeah Mm -hmm. my dog hank was so nervous he actually threw up he did um, (laughs) because he was just so anxious about um tara's demise fate yeah yeah so, she's not quite the last girl, though, because we still have Chuckles, Chuckles and, and Samantha Sam. left, mm-hmm. who meet up in the kitchen. Chuckles is opening a bottle of champagne, and Samantha admits to killing Weinstein. And at this point, I'm like, okay, so the two of them are in on it together? Because she's opening champagne, and... And is so scared by Samantha entering, yeah. she drops the bottle. Yeah. And Samantha's uh-huh. like, there's plenty more in the refrigerator. Darling, don't worry. Ugh. This is and her. she's trying so hard to shock Chuckles by being like, Stryker would have liked you. Yeah. You remind me so much of how he was. And finally Chuckles is like, okay, what the hell? Like, why do you keep saying past tense? Right. And she's like, oh, I killed him. And yeah. she's like, aren't you so shocked? Right, she's like, tell the police. I don't, Dad, care. don't care. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Like, what are you talking about? They'll come and get you from this home. Right, yeah. It's like, you're going to go to jail. You don't care? Okay. But she doesn't care. She's seen she worse. Is like Audra, that woman, her yeah. roommate in, who had the lobotomy. In that moment, Samantha truly became Audra. But who is Who Audra? is Audra? Uh, Okay, we'll now, never know. now in Chuckles. Chuckles freaks out because now her opportunity is gone because Stryker's dead, so she can never be Audra. She did all that. So she stabs Samantha, and so we're like, okay, so Chuckles was the old hag all this time. And I did, I did like how after she stabbed her, it cuts back to... Oh, we didn't talk about it at the beginning, but Chuckles had this whole stand-up routine where she's talking about six actresses go to a mansion to audition for a play, and there's all this backstabbing. <laughs> and everybody is loving it and yeah. eating it up and yeah. laughing so up. hard. Like, this is the funniest killing. bit I've ever and it's seen. it's the dumbest thing ever. But then it cuts, at the very end, it cuts back to the same 
routine, but instead it's chuckles in a uh, medical gown in front of a empty room, save for like three or four people. She's in a mental institution, like uh-huh. not actually saying anything, but it's all in her head. And she's even got like a little sign sort of marquee up front, like tonight's show, Audra and, or something like that. So, right. That and part just, was like, cool. That first line in her bit, like that, that routine. Is, yeah. Have you ever wanted something so badly you would do anything? Yeah. To get it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you clearly, uh, you went to extreme lengths all for nothing because uh, you can kill a lot of women and then a jilted lover can kill the director. Right, yeah. So now you're screwed. So here's how I think it, now there's a lot of things I think they should change, which I'll talk about later, but... Here's how I think it should have ended. Um, mystery friend. Samantha's mystery friend from when she's burning the pictures in the fire. Mm-hmm. Yes. She should have been the killer. Like, mm. she comes in and she's like the one who helped Samantha mm. escape. So she's going to make her look like she did it the whole time. But she's actually the one because... And then we... After she's revealed, we have some sort of, like, flashback scene to her with Stryker and Samantha talking Mm. about the role and her constantly getting denied for it or something like that. But... The understudy. And and the only reason I say that is because, like, why didn't they show her face? Like, it was was sort of this, like, teaser. And it's like, that would have been a great opportunity to set up someone who, you know wasn't involved in the whole story. Kind of like, you know, original Friday the 13th. You get Mrs. Voorhees at the very end. And you're right. like, the fuck? Huh? Yeah, they're like, we've already wasted enough energy setting up all these other women in their backstories. Right. I think, Just kidding. I think that scene was sloppily thrown in there. Oh, everything was. With, <laughs> this is the only sloppy thing in the entire film. <laughs> but I think it was really um, so focused on being a red herring and making us think, that Samantha had motive and was obviously, like, going to go after these women. Yeah. Um, And the faceless friend was just um, sort of a person for her to be talking to. Yeah. I mean, it could have been either the faceless friend comes in and she did it the whole time, or the faceless friend was the comedian and they yeah. actually were in on it together uh. up until it was just the two of them. And then she killed her because she's like, well, you killed Stryker, so now I have no chance, so you're dead. So mm-hmm. the fact that they didn't bring that faceless woman back into it... It was a waste. For some reason, just really bothered me. Yeah. Because like, mm. that person had a pretty um, integral role in setting... Things in motion. Things like in he, motion. Yeah, and then it's out. just like... How did she escape from this place? They were like, we just don't have the time to figure it like, out. Like, yeah. One of the things she just got her out. Would have really loved just, to yeah. just a pal. see some Good of this friend. action. Yeah. So could have been a Thelma and Louise. Could have been. It could have been so many things, but it wasn't. So that's curtains. Soap opera. Curtains horror. on curtains. Curtains. We'll get into like our specific recommendations for it, but I do want to look at a few outside views before we do that. So on Letterboxd has an overall rating of 2.9 out of 5. And 2,300 people have watched it. So uh, I'm not sure how that compares to a lot of other things. So we'll see kind of as I go through more and we'll see maybe 
I'll find one that maybe five people have seen, which I'm sure will happen at some point. So there's a lot of variety as far as some of the reviews go. Rob Kroon gave this one star. He said, the trailer looked promising, but that is how these fuckers lure you in. (laughs) The trailer literally shows every Every, kill. It does. Every exciting moment. (laughs) Yeah, they're all in there. Uh, He says, a boring 80s slasher that has some spare moments of tension. Watch out for that old lady mask. Creepy as fuck. I'm a sucker and a completist for cheapo 80s slashers. It is like looking at my own turd in the toilet. Fascinating. What? Wow. That reveals a lot more about the reviewer than the the film. film. Kind of, yeah. I think so. Um, Buster1895 gave it three stars. What incarnation? The Mulholland Drive slash Friday the 13th mashup you never knew you wanted. Uh, James Eraserhead gave it three stars. Uh, a clunky, awkward, yet endearing, earnest, and ambitious slasher mystery movie. At its best, when reveling in highly stylized Argento-esque set pieces, and at its worst, when indulging in pretentious TV, mo- TV movie-style melodrama. So, Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I agree with that one. I mean, it's three stars, like he said. Like I, I think there's definitely some... Like you said, Argento-esque aspect to it. But yeah, the, the whole melodrama, the soap opera stuff just ugh, just kills it for me. As far as our thoughts, rating it, Jenny, do you love it, meh, remake it, uh, or kill it with fire? I, I want to see this movie remade. I think that it has the bones of a great movie. I know this because we watched a modernized trailer of this film hmm. and I was immediately like forgot that I had just seen curtains and was ready to watch this version of curtains. <laughs> Let's watch that movie. <laughs> and I just think that like if they had just weighed their energy in a different way towards different p- moments of it that it would have been better. Yeah. Like if they had flushed out the characters a bit more and done less expo- exposition more showing, less telling. I think there was a really good opportunity here. It removed the, like, ickiness of the director. I would have just liked to see it, like, the middle to the end more. Less yeah. of the beginning, less of her in the, in the institution, less of her, less of the weird pseudo-rape scene in the fantasy. But I still, I still had a good time watching the movie. Yeah. I think. Because of all of those wacky moments. Yeah. But... I think this is this is a movie that's like ready to be remade. Also, something more with the doll. So you want it to lean into like a supernatural? I would have liked that a bit more. I mean, with the inclusion of the doll, they are hinting at some supernatural elements already. Yeah. So if they had like fully leaned into that, that would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Especially if we're going with like Mr. Curtin's representing yeah. age and death, then it doesn't really need to be a young woman disguised as an old woman. Yeah. It's just an old creepy woman yeah. that represents death. I like it. Caroline, what about you? I agree with Jenny on this movie needs to be remade. It deserves to be remade, I think. And really like embrace the original intent, the original vision mm-hmm. uh, that art house like psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a woman direct this film. I'm on the same boat. I would remake it as well. I think it's it's one of those things where, I, I mean, and I, as much as I, I hate remakes, like, I'm, you know, the whole 
reboot of you know God, Pet Cemetery's coming out. No. Yeah, it's don't even get me started on that. They don't need to remake these ones that are vastly popular. They need to be plucking things like this mm-hmm. out of the '80s and turning them into something great. Because this one definitely has the bones of something that was really, really good. You know, I, I like you know having this sort of comedian you know, chuckles comic relief character in there, but lose the fucking puppets. Like, just no. Yeah, like, let the let you can, that character be funny. Like, be you can be funny and smart. You don't have to be funny and Jeff fucking Dunham. You know? <laughs> like, it's stupid. Cat recast as Jeff Dunham. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of differ from you on the doll aspect. I feel like it didn't have any place in this movie mm-hmm. other than helping Skater Girl get away for a hot minute. I think you either have to have you know, either play that up completely and make right. it a huge part of the film, something to do with like the play within the play or mm-hmm. something else or even supernatural or just get rid of it altogether because it just, it didn't make any sense. Cool. Okay, so we all say remake it. So Hollywood, get on it. <laughs> all right. Uh, it is time for me to pick a movie for the next episode. So I'm just going to run briefly through some of the options. I um, just realized this pathway you've set up for yourself, choosing Curtains as your first yeah. movie. Yeah. Everything will be informed by this it will. choice. Wow, that yeah. was a bold move. I, I, here's the thing. is like I'm going to try to... I don't know if I can beat the, the algorithm at some point, though. Ooh. But I feel like, depending on you know, how the lists turn out, at some point I'll be able to get into other genres. But, I mean, most of, mm. 90% of my watch list is horror movies, so I was like, well, I'm just going to start there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's definitely going to lead me down an interesting path. So To Taurus Trap, we'll hopefully. See. I would hope. But, mm. I well, technically uh, I oh. can watch it because I've already seen it before. So oh, You shouldn't have to rewatch it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, option number one, don't go in the house. The final exam, psycho killer on a college campus, nah. madman. Those covers look exactly the same. They all look exactly, yeah, it's like black outline person. Um, got the Redeemer, Son of Satan, mm-hmm. 1978, trapped in the confines of an old high school. That's a maybe. Mutilator, I've seen it. Nightmare, I know about. I know it was on like the video nasties list, and I've never seen it, so that's going to be a top contender for me right now. Drive-In Massacre, seen it. Prom Night 4, Frightmare, seen it. Splatter University, Last House on Massacre Street. Blood Theater. Blood Theater. Um, 976 Blood Evil 2. The what, heck? they don't have 9761? <laughs> I feel like I should see the first one if I'm going to see two. So, uh, Bloodbeat, seen it. Have you seen Bloodbeat? No. You would love that. Like, it's super weird. It's got like a samurai in it at the end. It takes place in rural Wisconsin. But, like, the end is Say all no like more. this super weird, like, <laughs> writing this down. blue and red and green, like, lighting and, like, weird special effects. Wow, it's bonkers. How many options do you have here? There's about t- 10 to 12, usually. Um, Sorority Ass Massacre, Seen It, and Evil. You know, I'm just going to go with Nightmare, because um, it's been one that... It's not on my watch list, um, but it's definitely one that I've heard of and I've been meaning to see. So, And Curtains is the ultimate nightmare. Right. So <laughs> this just seems fitting. Smooth segue. Smooth segue. So, uh, Nightmare for the next episode. 
So if you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes, you can follow this podcast on Twitter at CAW Podcast. Um, also on Facebook or Instagram under Customers Also Watched. Um, and even Letterboxd under the username Also Watched. Jenny, anything coming up for Hyper Real Film Club here in Austin? Oh, sure. Um, we're always doing screenings. We're working on uh, our fifth or sixth zine right now called Dream Dates two and we'll be screening that at cheer ups on valentine's day nice and then we're also doing a live score of fantastic planet in february on february 9th but yeah just follow us on hyperrealfilm.club or at hyperrealfilmclub on instagram or facebook nice caroline yeah so you can follow me on twitter my handle is at caroline hart um h-a-r-t H-A-R-T-E. And Flag and Void um, is my my poetry journal. It's um, just flag, F-L-A-G, and void, V-O-I-D, dot com. Well, thanks for joining me, Jenny and Caroline, for the first episode. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you for the opportunity to watch this film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Truly enjoyed it. Well, thanks for being here, and thanks to everyone for listening, and I will see you next time for 1981's Nightmare.